So I don't have a child, as you well know, and I there's no uh, future. I mean, well, I smell an announcement. No, <laughs> here, it is, here it comes. There's no announcement Russ. to report, but I do want to suggest. You know, you get to a certain age, you start thinking about these sort of things, and one of the things you think about are names. And one mm. name sort of came to me, and I wanted to float it past you guys to see what you thought of a potential name for a frustic scion in the future. Sure, okay. can't wait. Yeah, let's hear that. What do you think? Of- I, I was. I should say I don't like thinking about this as an idea because there's a lot of there's a lot of things that would have to happen for that to occur, and I don't right. like thinking about any part of it. But but go on. Okay, so what I do don't you- I don't mind I I I I I I don't mind thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What do you think of the name Elmo? Elmo Frustic? Yeah. Uh, it sounds bad. Why? It sounds well. That's the name of the red monster on the uh, on the uh, on the Sesame Street show. Mm-hmm. You gotta so, think about this stuff. Yeah. Also, I this is a, an epiphany that I had because I actually thought about this too. Um, my child's name is Mo, and he wears mm. Elmo clothes. But when I see him wearing it, I realize it just says the Mo. Mm. That's cool. Yeah, that's very cool. <laughs> Russ, Russ, okay, I think the problem okay. is it's so. For the record, my wife just slid a note under the door, with an and it says no exclamation point. <laughs> 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 so I guess it's not gonna pan out. My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of 2007. My name is Griffin McElroy, and this is a game that came out in 2007. My name is Chris Plant, and bang, 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 boom, 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 war is death. <laughs> My wow. name is Russ Rushing, and I know the best game of the week. Hello, and welcome to the Besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in interactive home entertainment. It is a uh, game of the year show that goes there all year long. A book club, but for video games, and we are continuing our mini series, delving into what you, the fine people of the Besties Nation, which we—I guess we would just call them Besties—is that the name of Besties fans? Is <laughs> just Besties? I, I still oh. appreciate referring to a fan base as something Nation. It's extremely yeah. mid aughts to me mm-hmm. in a way that feels like nostalgic and comforting in these trying times. I'm just gonna um, throw this out as an option: the best I. What the best? What do you the mean? The best eye, like a, a plural oh, of plural. like a plural yeah. of yes. uh, hive mind. That's yeah, yeah that's nothing. In it. Wow. Uh, so <laughs> this week we're talking just... about Call of Duty: <laughs> Modern Warfare. Mm. Hoorah! Hoorah! <laughs> Guys, the f- when that first hoorah dropped, my testicles went up inside me. I was like, <laughs> "Whoa, we're doing this." Uh, hey, I'll, I'll kick. I'll kickstart the conversation. Once we once we figured out how to arrange the ancient bones of this fucking video game in a way that it would allow us to play it without our computers uh, <laughs> squealing and passing away in protest, uh, I was I was instantly reminded. You run that fucking training course. I did that shit like thirty times trying to get that score down because I remember like, oh yeah. 
this game feels really good to play. And then in the very first mission, you go into a bedroom where uh, a bunch of soldiers are just sleeping and you're like, oh, look, how sweet. And your squad mates shoot them to death while they're sleeping. And you go like, wait a minute, this game doesn't feel great to play in some other regards. Let's let's talk about them separately. Can I float that 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 idea that we single talk about? player and multiplayer? Or no fun factor and political factor. Yes. Okay. But fun, fun factor, factor and politi- political factor. Right. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Fun factor. I was actually really surprised because I had not. I mean, I've, I've kind of been like hot or cold in the Call of Duty series. I, I feel like I played most of the single player campaigns. Uh, I don't think I finished the most recent one, but. I was surprised going back to this how much it's so open-ended and but so smart in the way it sort of nudges you towards what you need to be doing. I mean, obviously there's a a, a marker for like objectives or whatever, but it's it, it gives you a very open area with which to achieve those objectives and it makes the firefight seem really open-ended. It's like are you looking for cover? Are you finding the right places to like attack from are you you know going around and i really was impressed especially for like a 2007 game and i feel like this is less so for more modern call of duties where like it just felt very um open-ended and there was like a lot of freedom with how you could approach like different tactical situations i wanted to uh, i was like trying to think back of like when this first came out and and obviously this is the first like modern combat game hence the name call of duty modern warfare and before that, it, it had just been World War II Call of Duty games. And right. thinking back to those, like those, the first uh, Call of Duty 1 and Call of Duty 2 are very, uh, very good games. They were both made by Infinity Ward and they were like really well designed. And there are spectacles like they of their time, but they, it didn't really coalesce until this game. And I think a lot of it has to do with just like, they just nailed pacing and like, uh, player direction, as Justin was sort of saying, that makes it feel like this much grander epic. Like it really, even now, like I was even playing the original. Now I still am impressed by how well it's aged. Whereas a lot of games from that right. era have not aged yeah. that well. And it has to do with lighting and like timing and music and sound cues and voice acting and like it is like a true spectacle that like launched a thousand spectacles that came after it. Right. Yeah. Um, which is pretty I- amazing. I was trying to think about what makes it different than those original CODs because I love Call of Duty 2, especially. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that uh, it, Call of Duty up until this point was like a theme park ride. It was very linear and like you got on the track and the game very sharply moved you from like one action set piece to the next and you right. saw exactly what they wanted you to see. I mean, it could be a video for all you wanted. Which to back up to that lineage a little bit, that's really a descendant of Medal of Honor, yes. which started right. in 1999. And that was very much the first game that was like t- turned a first person shooter, especially like a military first person shooter into a something much more cinematic because yeah. it was, I mean, Steven Spielberg, Steven Spielberg was involved with that produced. first game, produced it, yeah, and it was very much, um, it, it was very I mean, much that cinematic. I don't know how involved yeah, it was. Well, <laughs> well, it was, but in the, Steve, in the story, Steven Spielberg wasn't like, yeah, I think the R button should reload the gun. <laughs> no, no, he did that for boom blocks. That he hand-coded. That he, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, no, but that, that idea of like, a cinematic first-person shooter, I feel like, especially military theme, was like a very Medal of Honor thing that led to Call of Duty. Mm. Yeah, but what I think is different here is now it feels like performance. Like, it's wild how much the game is 
you have the freedom to go run around like a real asshole and just like smell the roses but there's so much um subtle direction like i mean the game literally just has a director and it's either the character that is like hey i think you should go literally over here and do exactly this because that's where it's going to look the coolest or mm-hmm. somebody like is in your earpiece or there's another character or the characters line up to breach a door um there's mm. all of these moments that are you have the power as kind of the cameraman to catch them. Um, but again, you you have more freedom. It's okay with you not doing exactly what it wants, which is, I mean, that's the trick, right? It it, it, it has more trust in the player to like, yeah. to show up. Mm-hmm. Um, the, yeah. the other thing that I just want to get in really quick on that note too is this game is easy, like hmm. really, really, really easy. And I think that's the thing that I love about this game versus later Call of Duty games is it is obsessed obsessed with just being a performance and it doesn't want to make it too hard and it does want you to just be able to kind of flow through this world as the cameraman where i think later on they saw the popularity of multiplayer and it becomes like a skill training test training ground for yeah multiplayer i did want to talk just specifically on your point of the like director aspects of it and like following direction um my favorite level in this game is a level where they literally every single step of the way tell you exactly what you need to be doing. Otherwise, I think you just fail. I don't even think there's like you can range range off. I think it's just a fail. That's the Chernobyl level, which is like a yeah, yeah. big flashback level that happens at the end towards the end. That is like kind of the big like storytelling reveal moment. And that I think was like the perfect coalescence of like this idea of like okay, you have to run here in 10 seconds. Okay, stay under this bridge while these guys walk over you. And even though it's not like as interactive as or open as Justin was just talking about, like it it still makes you feel it's, like it is. And that's the, the level people trick. think about, when people yeah. talk about this campaign, it's, that's the level people yeah, talk about, totally, right? Because it was, it was so, uh, so the opposite of the bigger blustery, like, you know, USMC just like charge in there and fuck everyone up. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of touchstones that I didn't realize. I I wasn't really thinking of this as like, Oh, was that one? I didn't realize how many were established in this game. Like the ghillie suit mission uh, is wild. It's, it's so cool. Um, the, the, uh, is it AC 130? I don't know. I'm not that kind of, wow. That shit is, wow. That shit feels, when I was younger, I was like, fuck you. I'm guns. (laughs) I'm, I'm guns. Superman. I'm like Superman. If he had just guns coming out of his torso, like udders as he flew through the sky, I was like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. And now as a 33 year old, I'm doing this like, that was a human life I just extinguished. That guy was a dad. Speaking of opening a thing, I had the strangest thing that I experienced in the ghillie suit mission. I, there's this part where you climb the top of a tower where you can climb up there after taking out a sniper. And I got up there and there was a javelin, like a rocket launcher. And then a helicopter pops up and he's like, so play down. The helicopter will see you. And I tried like five times like, why did you guys leave a rocket launcher here for me? <laughs> I'm gonna shoot this helicopter down. It's like, no, soap, he'll see you. Like, no, I have I can I'll handle this. Don't worry about it. I got it. The game wouldn't let me. I don't know why they left a rocket launcher there. Um But that being said, uh the the AC one thirty mission is a nice that gives us a way to to yeah. turn segue. into this. Uh, segue into this. I I feel like this game, I, the thought that occurred to me with this game is it feels like it suffers from the fight club problem by which i mean i feel like modern like fight club 
is based on a novel that was supposedly satire, and I think Fight Club is even less satirical than the book it's based on. And Fight Club, the movie, never plays its hand enough to let you know that, hey, this is not necessarily all cool. <laughs> and I, this is actually, some of this is bad. And I feel like Call of Duty Modern Warfare, revisiting it, really wants to have its cake and eat it too. There is, a, there is an amount of awareness, I think, of... I think when they brought this into the modern era, I think there is an awareness on their part, which I would I should give them credit for. I feel like in 2007, we weren't having as many of these conversations. I feel like there's an awareness of some of this feels bad. Like, I feel like I want I want to believe that 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 the AC-130 mission, which is, by the way, is just like black and white. You're taking out these little specks of human humanity with a gigantic gun. Entire task. As you hear just this sort of dispassionate, like, like yep, okay, yep, that's got He's him. all pieces. Yeah, fucked him up like a Lego man. <laughs> I feel like they want, I feel like there is some amount of commentary being made with that, but I don't think it says anything enough to where it can really stand behind so, it. I agree with you, but I think, I think this lives better as a historical object or critique of war or just like where people were at than any of the modern Call of Duty games do. And that's because after this, they became obsessed with like, okay, we've hired our like debatable war criminal, Oliver North, to consult <laughs> yeah. on this. And and like, we're going to hone this to, it's going to be gross and crass, but it's going to have like basically, a you know, a private military contractor's PR firm go over it with a fine tooth comb to make sure it's like the type of crass that a certain audience is okay with. Where this, this game is wild. Like, yeah. you can tell that it was made by a hundred different people with a hundred different opinions just by going off the quotes in the loading screen. Where sometimes they're the like, close they're, the they're push quotes that are like, some of them make them sound smart. Some of them I like clearly are, don't. There's a quote, one of my favorite quotes is, friendly fire isn't attributed to unknown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every quote is like they are so wildly alternated between like war is fucking cool, like, and then somebody the very next quote is like war actually sucks ass. It's actually so bad we shouldn't do it. But anyway, here's your rocket launcher. Fuck them up. And then just like the price of like one missile. It's like yeah, what? yeah, like, yeah. What are you proving? Yeah, yeah, but I think I I think going through this game. There's something about it, again, the AC-130 mission, I'm not saying it's good. There is obviously a lot in this game that's, like, very wrong. But I felt like I, I myself was left to really come away from the game pretty um, cynical about the military-industrial complex because, because it yeah. doesn't have that extra layer of polish that, like, if you play the new Modern Warfare, it does everything to be like, hey, it's bad, but also, like, right. you know, it that's takes bad guys to do good things. I played through the whole campaign of the 2019 Modern Warfare. Did anybody else no, crank, crank through? I thought it was pretty good, all, all things considered. Like, the character work that they did was, like, actually decent. It's the first uh, Call of Duty campaign that I finished since the fucking Kevin Spacey one. Uh, Griffin just loves it, Kevin Spacey. <laughs> I can't try to tell him. Oh, wow. He's like, I'll finish anything that dude's Way to cancel your anything. brother. Anything. Uh... Now I can't remember what point I was making because I'm so horrified. Modern no, Warfare. It, yeah, for me, there is almost a... 
the the new Modern Warfare game campaign does try to walk that line. It does try to walk that line. And I think the equivalent of the AC-130 mission in, in, in the new Modern Warfare is the one where you are... Uh, going through the the townhouse with your night vision goggles on, which that technology has come a long way in the 12 years since the original Modern Warfare came out. So it looks hyper-realistic, and you are having to, uh, you know, make these difficult decisions as you are SEAL Team 6-ing it in, in this place. And that's the scene with the famous, like, uh, woman has a baby. And yeah. so, like... Do you sh- do you shoot the baby? Like that's the that is no, what they are. That's trying an easy. To, that's what, that moral decision an, is actually. That's an easy. They don't one. let you. They don't let you. Uh, they <laughs> they they reload the game, saying like, "Hey, don't shoot the baby." <laughs> hey, listen, we're going to give you the freedom to make the right sort of moral decisions that you want, but uh, don't shoot the baby. What for the- me? There is something. <laughs> there is something almost like, ref- like not refreshing, but like this 2007 Modern Warfare. I feel like doesn't try nearly as hard to do that war is full of bad decisions that uh don't feel good even when you're doing the thing you have to do to succeed and to me there is something less crass about that than like shoving it in your face really shoving it in your face in a way that's like we really really want you to feel the effects of war and we have a a, you know we have a lot to say about that and Mm. also Check out this new fucking weed skin you can get right. on your Uzi. So, like <laughs> there is that, that dichotomy feels... that doesn't yeah. make a lot of sense. I, I, I also I I do want to mention just re- kind of related to that the like series of games that came after um, the first Modern Warfare, like the 2007 one. Yeah, it just got so it j- basically just turned into even more of an extreme of what Plant was talking about. It basically turned into a Fast and the Furious experience because they right. realized that the only way to one up what they had done previously was like, well, we're going to give you a drill like they had in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and you're going to drive underneath the ground and then pop up in the middle of a bank and everyone's going to have lasers and drones and shit. And like at a certain point, they like constantly had to one up themselves. And then I think Modern Warfare was like them trying to like scale that back a little bit. Yeah. So it has been this weird road. So the the thing that I, I, I did really dig about going back to this game is how benign everything is like this is a boring world like the, they yeah the world is just full of crap um the, the example i'd give is you go when one mission you you uh, break into a tv station to uh I, I do do whatever MacGuffin you have to do in that mission and the tv station is just so boring there's like a room that's full of data servers there is a break room that just has you know a, a generic fridge and like crappy food left on the table and there's just so much boring stuff in this game and I, I think it's really important that this existed because until this point technologically there just wasn't like room or money for this um mm. you know older hardware you could only effectively load in so many assets and you only had the money for so much so you when you designed a room it had to be like okay these are the things that really capture the character or whatever the point out room is and then the rest of the room is just gonna be full of i don't know barrels and everything's gonna be set in a factory um we're here suddenly you had all this memory that the xbox 360 had you had asset farms. Um, Activision was just spending more money on games. And you could put stuff in a game that was otherwise low priority. But when you're in the game, it feels so real. Like, it feels right. so real for the first time to be in the, in a room where it's like, oh, this is just somebody's, like, paperwork or post-it notes that are around here or, like, a dumb poster. And I think I, I remember loving that so much. And it's it's such a bummer how quickly... COD got away from that. And I think Modern Warfare 2 is like where they kind of jumped the shark. They 
they have a mission set in you know the um the fast food joint and that's when it starts kind of skewing in towards irony and then after that it just goes full-on like yeah whatever like sci-fi a bond movie yeah a bond movie and and yeah i I think like that and then the other thing i'm curious did did y'all play the remaster or did you play the original i played the single player Remaster. Okay. I could not get the multiplayer, which we really need to spend some time talking about because it's wild if we went this whole time without. I could yeah. only get the multiplayer to work in the original. So that was something. Uh, the uh, This is not like, I don't know, this is not me being a, a, a hipster. I don't think you can be a hipster when it comes to Call of Duty Modern Warfare. I actually think the original looks better than the remaster it's does. Weird, yeah. Well, it feels it, better. Like that was my thing is, I, I talked about this benign stuff. It feels... I don't know. It feels almost like artsy is such a silly thing to say here, but you can feel the ambition of the game reaching so far beyond the power of that hardware. Right. You know, there's a big open area, but then like all the textures on the mountain are identical and repeating. It's like, wow, they were really reaching outside their bounds. (laughs) We're like, you play the remaster and don't get me wrong. A lot of people did some really great work on it. But it it just feels like another game. That's it. Yeah, it's the, maybe I'm just nostalgic for that like Xbox 360 era like uh, grainy brown filter that they put on literally everything. <laughs> okay, multiplayer. Did anybody yes. get a chance to play multiplayer? Yeah, it was hard as hell to get that to work. Man, it it's still great. kicks ass. It is. It's, I hopped into a map uh, and it was shipment, which is that very very small square uh, uh, symmetrical. Uh, battlefield with like the shipping crates all over it that it has been in every call of duty game since uh with like 32 people <laughs> packed into this one place everybody with like whatever weapons they wanted with like 10,000 times xp modifier on it uh and uh, it's just like i was spawning and dying and spawning and dying and shooting someone and spawning and dying and even though it was like on on speed it was i was still like yeah all right yeah, I remember. This is yeah. fucking fun. <laughs> I think the customization the reason- of the, the 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 class customization still like yeah. that that is what hooked me. I played a lot of this one. I played a lot of Modern Warfare 2 because that's where they really stepped up the multiplayer game yeah. a lot. And it it is the the formula, the feel, the time to kill of of um of Modern Warfare really was like fucking revolutionary. Yeah, I so so there was a bunch of things that were like totally broke new ground. So the idea of perks in a multiplayer game like really hadn't happened before. The other big thing is the unlocks, like the idea of like yeah. I can use this gun now and customize like a custom class with this gun that I just unlocked and this perk that I just unlocked. So it made, like previously you would just play multiplayer and hey, I won or I lost the match and that was it. But like the idea that you were making progression and unlocking new features as you played was really cool. I do want to mention, so Griffin talked a little bit about the uh, time to kill. Uh, which right. is a very grim term in the context of what we were just talking about. It's but like for, a shoot. It's a shooter for like, yeah, terminology, yeah. right? It, it just means how quickly, how many shots you need to do to uh, shoot to kill someone in a multiplayer game. It's very, very short in this game, like much shorter than any other Call of Duty game, I think, or at least one of the shortest. And you would think that that would make it a much more like skill-intensive game, but it actually levels the playing field because you can't do the like crazy. I'm going to slide 50 feet, jump and shoot and use a jetpack in midair and then like yeah. dominate people. It's so grounded in terms of like what you can and can't do um, that like even someone like me, like I can actually like whatever, it's a little bit like camping, but I can like hold down an alleyway with a machine gun 
even though I haven't played the game in forever because I you have. You can actually get the drop on people. Right, you can drop, yeah. get where, the drop on people. Where there's just the only chance if you're somebody like me who's like not super skilled, right. but I can think a little bit and be a little crafty and get the drop on somebody and then have them not turn the tables There's There's also uh, no... There's no health or armor or pickups on the map, so really all you have to know is like where's good bottlenecks, where's yeah. good yeah. like where do you place where do firefights tend to where are the hot spots? Where do, it is the opposite uh, of Halo from this point yeah. because I'm right. Uh-huh. I could not get into Halo at this point because you could get the drop on somebody and they would just somehow turn around and jump around and duck and you would be dead. Yeah, and, it was a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they were shooting um, a stegosaurus at you. Like they had, where did they get that? It is funny though because uh, what we now like now that people have played a lot of these, that first Call of Duty game was so poorly balanced, um, specifically like perks. So one of the perks gave you 25% more damage. And that was the only <laughs> perk you should ever use. It was literally like that powerful. Another perk, you get 50% more health. So those two, like they did not really balance it very properly. So what ended up happening was that a lot of people ended up just using like the same four setups but mm. it set the stage for a much more complex uh, set of options over time, which, to be honest, I think have gone a little bit overboard in newer games because I can't follow it. But I think this was, I mean, really groundbreaking and continues to impact a lot of things. Before we move move on to the second half of the show, I did want to, because a lot of this talk has been about uh, history, I went back and found from Joystick's top 10 of 2007. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh fuck yeah. The write-up of Modern Warfare that they yes. did. Who did it? Um, here's a fr- The frustrating thing about trying to write about Call of Duty 4 is that all of the phrases that best describe it have already been applied to and in turn drained of their impact by far less deserving games. It's a nonstop thrill ride. Its graphics are, quote, almost photorealistic. And it is, in fact, quote, so real that you'd almost think you were there. What Call of Duty 4 so authoritatively managed to do is reclaim those action game cliches and, in doing so, infuse them with a new, fresh power. What Call of Duty 4's single-player campaign could best be described as, though, is a master class on making good game design choices. From beginning to end, moments last just long as they need to, difficulty is perfectly balanced, and the action ebbs and flows between full-on chaos and chilling silence. From a pulse-pounding start to the final desperate ending, it's a meticulously crafted experience we haven't even made mention of the game's multiplayer yet which mixes the game's explosive okay. presentation <laughs> with some rpg <laughs> fundamentals to predictably addictive results perhaps the most surprising thing last paragraph perhaps the most surprising thing about the game is how few actual revolutionary concepts are still contained within it selects existing game design tools hones them to practical perfection and creates what is in our opinion the military shooter against which all others must be judged. Justin McElroy. Who wrote that? Yeah, it was me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was me. My dumbass. The, the last time that Justin McElroy would be <laughs> selected as our, our military shooter <laughs> expert. <laughs> <laughs> Who can best capture the Uraw spirit of the U.S. military? Oh uh, I, I, I want to share one last thing before we go to the B segment. And this is just something for all of us to chew on because you mentioned history. What 2020 is to 2007 is what 2007 is to 1994. Just like that's think, grim plant. Yeah, yeah, it's weird, man. I, was, that doesn't, I, I we're actually going to cut that out and just do mine because it, <laughs> it was a much better energy to move on with. 
I could play that game too. 2006 is. Well, I can't do the math. No, I was. I, 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 I only mentioned because I was listening to Retronauts at, at, at when this game came out, and I was like, "Oh man, all those games from 1994—that was a long time ago." And now, like, <laughs> oh god, no, it's no. happening. So yeah. Anyway, this, uh, <laughs> let's go to the break and think about good stuff, <laughs> not bad. And uh, we'll be right back. You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because they got all this fine print little details. And all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense. Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar to get this new customer offer and get your new three month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties rockandmoney.com slash besties this episode of the besties is sponsored by aura frames all right so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy i'm sure immediately names jump to your mind those are the sorts of people that you would say oh maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. 
It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames, and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Do we do that? Do we introduce these yes, segments we, like we that? we love doing that, man. We got to welcome people back. They're oh, in our yeah. house. How will they know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I wanted to uh, bring a little Call of Duty trivia to the show today and test my fellow besties' knowledge of the Call of Duty franchise broadly. So what I've done here is I've copied down a single sentence from the plot description of the individual Call of Duty games, and I want to see if you guys can pick out what Call of Duty game they're from. You ready? Are we limiting it to the... Uh, this is the, the whole modern franchise. warfare trilogy. Okay, the whole tra- whole franchise. Whole okay. Franchise. All right, can I say something real quick before we move on? Yes. I was very relieved to. I I liked that there was a character named Soap, mm. and I it made me wish that all the characters had names of regular household objects <laughs> because I think I could have kept track of this story much better the last ten years. Where it was like Soap and Broom and Ashtray <laughs> are back. Fair point. Uh, okay, here we go. In 1986, Alex Mason, now retired from active duty, pursues an obscure existence in Alaska with his son, seven-year-old David. Uh, that's Black Ops. That's Black Ops 2? That's Any guesses? Black Ops Declassified. Griffin is correct. It is Black okay. Ops 2. Very good. Okay, Ooh. here we go. I knew Alex didn't, Mason was Black didn't, Ops. Didn't play that. I don't think I played any of the Black Ops campaigns. So. <laughs> They're good. Those are good. Yeah. The, eh, well, the first two first, are good. Yeah, first two are good. Uh, okay, when me- when the meeting is underway, Price attempts to assassinate Zakharev with a Barrett 50 caliber sniper rifle. However, the bullet only severs his arm. That's this one. That's the one we've played for. That's not a we very challenging played. one. Okay, we that was me just testing it. you guys to see if you were paying attention to this story. <laughs> <laughs> As the police approach the hotel, a victorious Price smokes a cigar watching Makarov's twitched, uh, twitching corpse. Fucking three and yeah, three. spoilers. Three has the best ending of any video game ever. Three is the one where you and your buddy dress up in rhino suits of armor and just like go into the bad guy's hotel and just like uh, get like shot, but it bounces off you like you're fucking Iron Man. Okay, count- counterpoint. Um, Advanced Warfare ends with you uh, severing off your own robotic arm to let Kevin Spacey drop into a fall fire. to his death. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a pretty good one too. Griffin did. Griffin didn't like that part though. He thought it pushed him <laughs> into kind of a tragedy. That was why is that one so sad? Hey guys, did you think the new Call of Duty is super sad? <laughs> they did that to K Pax. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, you believe that? Okay, uh, Doctor Ludwig. Maxis, whose brain resided in a mechanical drone at one time, arrives at Argatha 
and is given a new body by Dr. Monty, a self-proclaimed omnipotent being and member of the Order of the Keepers. Infinite Warfare. What the? What the fuck? Infinite it's Infinite Warfare. warfare. So, sounds cool as hell. Oh, Infinite Warfare. I can't believe I skipped that one. No, wait. Did I play that one? Yeah, I did. That had a robot in it that yeah. gave its life for humanity yeah, or something. Fresh is like the one person who loves this game. It's a great game. But not correct. Really? It's, it's, it feels like an early... It feels like... That feels like so close to some Wolfenstein oh, no. shit that I want to say it's one of the World War II it, games. No, it's Black Ops Maybe 3. Shit. Maybe... Plan is correct. It is yeah. Black Ops I, I 3 forgot, I forgot Black Ops 3 is like weird, weird. Well, weird. it was the zombies. Oh. No, no, no. It wasn't Sounds in the campaign. Cool. It was it from the zombies oh. campaign. Oh, that was oh, the, oh, okay. that oh, that zombies. doesn't count. That's eh. cheating. It's in the, it's in the package. Uh, okay, one last one. I've got okay. one last one. Ready? Mm. Diane makes it out of the house and onto the property's salvage yard. Here, she meets two troll-like creatures by the names of Bobo and Lil Devil, the judge's severely deformed grandchildren. Cheers. It's a plot of Cheers. Diane. Is it Diane Cheers? Chambers. That's that's right. Yeah, Chris is right on this one. It is the plot of Cheers. I have no idea. It is actually nothing but trouble. A film with Demi Moore and Chevy Chase <laughs> and Dan Aykroyd plays a very old judge. Um, excellent film. <laughs> Highly recommend it. Check it out. Yeah. Cool. I mean, Russ did say that? that it would either a Dan Aykroyd movie or a Call we of Duty all knew game, it so shame be. on us. We all knew it couldn't be Call of Duty because the, the protagonist was a woman. Yeah. <laughs> it's like sure. a giveaway. Gonna, I do enjoy that the one woman in this ge- the one woman soldier in this game has to be rescued. <laughs> that a, is the one mission is she goes down in a helicopter and you have to go rescue the, the, the one woman in this game. Uh, I did a, a few people shared their memories. Uh, this actually, this person hits on a topic we we a point on this game we didn't cover. My dad and I played Modern Warfare's campaign all the time when I was growing up. I hardly ever played multiplayer, so I got really attached to Modern Warfare's campaign. And to this day, I can still remember the big surprises. I think it was the first game where I had a main character actually die in a helicopter crash after the nuke went off. I think to this day is has some of the best set pieces in Call of Duty. Mile High Club is one of the best missions. I think Ooh. Modern Warfare is genuinely dynamic and memorable cast for a Call of Duty game. Uh, good all around. It hasn't really shifted from being my favorite. The um, nuke going off and the character die like yeah, I think that that, that was like very very jarring, very wild. Um, and then they try, it is incredible. And then they and then they tried to do it a lot, yeah. including in, in right after that in Modern Warfare Two at the end of the uh, the No Russian mission. It's like, whoa, what won't we do? And it's yeah. like, that's, I, I, I do want to mention he do. he called out the Mile High Club mission, which is it takes place after the story in like mm-hmm. a, a post credits scene that you play this whole like assaulting an airplane mission, which is like, I mean. Ignoring the political connotations, but like as a as a level, it was very very cool. It's so, fucking rad. I remember there was like a miniature speed run scene that popped yeah. up around that one level because yeah. there's a timer on it. And I remember watching videos in 2007 of people like streamlining their routes and doing all kinds of dope shit. That's an alley oop to uh, a tweet reply that we got from Mike. I used to beat Mile High Club in veteran for people at college for weed. I was like an independent contractor <laughs> for microtransactions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there was a trophy attached to the yeah. to the fini- finishing that like under the certain amount of time, and it right. was as uh, insanely hard. So I'm not surprised that he was able to, uh, I guess, get some weed for that. <laughs> yeah, congrats. Yeah, uh, we got a question uh, from Greg. Um, mm. Even though the single player in this is pretty great, do you think Call of Duty's rise to big fame has left the industry in worse condition overall? I don't think I so. Don't no, I don't think so. It did. 
in the immediate aftermath of Modern Warfare 1 and 2 where you started to get the fucking uh, Medal of Honor tried to do this, right? Medal of Honor Warfighter? Was that? No. There was like a modern Medal of Honor game that they tried to do. Uh, yeah. You saw Battlefield start to move in, in that direction. The What was the Battlefield 4, I think, was the modern day Battlefield? Uh, right? 3, I think, was the first modern day one. I, I, I feel like I don't know. Maybe this is not a detriment to the industry or whatever. I just don't think that those games made as much of a splash necessarily. Yeah, I think you're right also that um, maybe in the short term, but Call of Duty was so dominant that similar to WoW at a certain point, people were just like, whatever, we can't compete. Like, we, we got to yeah. do our own thing. I definitely think it led to the like uh, proliferation of RPG mechanics in online multiplayer modes and shooter modes, which mm-hmm. is like... Which I love. Which is pretty sick. Right, yeah, that's like my favorite shit. It's funny, you mentioned that Metal Lonergriffin, just to, to fix the chronology here, this game comes out in 2007 uh, at the same time as Medal of Honor Airborne. Mm. Oh, yeah. Which is a World War Not II. Not a bad game. Uh, and then 2010, Medal of Honor, the reboot, just called Medal of Honor, and it's a modern day uh that's yeah modern day shooter. that was the tier like, one talk about like game panicking and you're like yeah. uh 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 no one likes this war anymore we've done all <laughs> we can with this war also i believe steven spielberg's son worked on that game the okay. lineage continues <laughs> <laughs> fantastic anybody been playing anything else they want to hit on uh i've been messing around with supernatural a little bit which is exercise beat saber uh it's a vr game uh, and it's, I mean, it's, it is basically Beat Saber where you have notes flying at you that you have to cut with your two different swords. One is white, one is black instead of the red and blue dichotomy of Beat Saber. Uh, only it is, uh, a lot more sort of dynamic movement based. You have to like pivot and turn around a whole lot. Uh, you have these little triangles that fly at you that you have to basically do constant lunges and squats to get under. Like it is a, it is a more sort of physically taxing experience. But the big thing is that they have like um, uh, trainers and like training regimen uh, that uh, they add a new one basically every day. So they have somebody like, yeah, get in that fucking triangle, dude. Yeah, yeah get that, squeeze that meat or whatever trainers like to say to get <laughs> you hyped not. up to. Probably not squeeze that meat, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, and it's been a, it's been a fairly uh, uh, it it has whipped my ass. Like it has yeah. it is genuinely. I used to play Beat Saber for for exercise for like a half hour at a time, and you know get a get a good sweat going. But like 15 minutes with this game, and I am like in the ground. It dynamically scales the difficulty based on how you're doing in the song, which is troubling for me because I have gotten pretty good at beat saber but not good at being healthy and exercising so it's like oh damn this dude's a fucking legend let's give him all that and and so it's it's just rough it is twenty dollars a month yeah you do have to subscribe to it i try but there are daily i've been doing it too yeah. there's there's they they have a new workout every day right um, and the songs are actually like all real right. songs that you would know i mean uh they're, they're it's it's you're paying i think you're getting more probably like real licensed music than you would, you know, were this not. Uh, but yeah, I mean, $20 a month is, is considerable, but new workouts every day and new songs and stuff. If it, uh, but I've been enjoying it. It's, it's hard. It's it makes hard my as body fuck. feel bad. I yeah. I don't know that I, I, so I tried it too. And I don't know that I love the people yelling at me as much. Oh yeah. I've so not done. You'd be used to it. I've never done like, <laughs> yeah, that must be. <laughs> I've never done. Uh, 
I've never done Peloton or anything like that, but it just seems like, I don't know, they're up in my space and like, I don't need to know that I'm doing a good job. It's okay. I'll be fine. I, do, I love that. Are you kidding yeah. me? I don't if know. I, I need seems that faulty. I would pay a hundred dollars a month if that was a plugin I could put into any video game. So if I'm like raiding on Final Fantasy 14 and just have like you know one of these extremely fit human beings just pop up on the screen like, yeah, bud, you're really maximizing and optimizing your DPS. Don't forget to avoid the AOE attacks. Here comes a big one. Yes. Keep those dots up, bud. Keep those dots up, bud. Refresh your dots, bud. Yeah, work it. It's like a human clippy and it makes me very uncomfortable. I uh, played, have been playing a a neat little thing that I just randomly, Switch is so frustrating because like I, they have so many games on there and there's, it's so hard to tell what's worth your time and what's not. I spend so much time like opening stuff and trying to figure out like, is this anything? Uh, But it's called Ministry of Broadcast. Have you guys heard of it? I've heard of it. I just saw, I was doing the same thing, like perusing the eShop and saw that and looked into it. It sounds cool. It's cool. It's a um, it's a platformer. The the story is that you're in sort of a 1984 style like oppressive regime, and to win freedom for your family, you have to compete on a reality TV show that is presented through a platformer. And the very close to I mean, the best like Prince of Persia, like that mm-hmm. style. It has that sort of like. Uh, graphical look too and it feels kind of like a prince of persia where you're like solving puzzles and ju- you know d- jumping puzzles to to uh win your freedom but it's very narrative focused so there's like breaks in between the stages where you're like meeting the other contestants and um it's really cool it's like a a neat a, a neat sort of thing I, have, I haven't gotten deep enough into it to figure out sort of where it's going but um sort of tonally kind of like papers please around that area maybe a little bit sillier but like mechanically it's very cool uh and and uh i don't know it's a neat thing it's called ministry of broadcast it's 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 cool looks good too fresh how about you uh yeah no i yeah nothing nothing really jumping out uh, apart from what we've mentioned supernatural and and uh half-life alex which my wife is now playing and loving as well so it, it is a big hit yeah i i can say i'm definitely am not playing the Super Mario 64 port that is on PC. <laughs> Definitely not playing it. But no. I think as an idea, it is very interesting to see what a port of a Nintendo 64 game looks like on PC versus emulation. I had never like thought about the fact that there are huge differences between an emulation of a game, which is making it exactly how it runs, um, ran on Nintendo 64, and something that's a true port where it like is matches the resolution of what's on your screen and can be widescreen and connects naturally to modern controllers and the idea of what that could look like down the line i don't know if like i i seriously doubt nintendo will be a company to ever even try that because they're so um keen on limiting their games to their hardware but in terms of like bringing back that kind of era of 3d games uh, on pc suddenly seems like a really interesting idea to me and i hope that more more companies that uh did have console exclusives consider doing that down down the line i mean we're already seeing it with sony bringing its uh exclusives to pc from this current generation i mean i hope that i would love to see stuff like that uh happening in the future did they make that thing from scratch i (laughs) 
will not talk about it okay. <laughs> because I think it's legally dubious. Oh, I mean, it 100% is. So there's no question about that. But yeah, it's pretty Yeah, nuts. dubious even is too gray. <laughs> uh, legally, we're all clear on. Um, now, morally, though, mm. that's a harder question. Next week, we're going under the sea. Under the sea. <laughs> to talk about Bioshock. <laughs> The original. Thank you, Plant. Appreciate Sorry. that. To do so, play Bioshock, uh, and uh, we'll be and share with us your Bioshock memories if you got them, um, or any sort of you know if you find any sort of neat ephemera from the time, things that stuck stick out to you from the original release back in two thousand seven. You can send it to mail at besties fan. Yes, and where that can go. Would you kindly follow us on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> At the the besties pod, the Twitter is not a lie. If you want to join our newsletter, um, you can do that. It's the pinned tweet. Also, y'all, we have a t-shirt. We filed a t-shirt. <laughs> oh, we're, yeah. a re- we're a real grown-up podcast. Yeah, looks like we made it. Uh, it's um, it's very cool. It's our it's our. God, logo. between this and the cake is a lie. This was a very fucking memetic time. Yeah, yeah. this is a meme meme year. Um, that is going to do it for us. Make sure to join us again next week. Follow and listen for free on Spotify. Please share the show with besties.fan is the link. Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, thanks to you so much for listening. We'll be back with you again next week. Be sure to join us for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? is a Spotify original podcast in association with Vox Media. The show is edited by Jelani Carter. And our theme song is by Ian Dorsch. Besties! Besties.